0: The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Media. Securities and advisory services offered through InvestiCorp, member FINRA SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. Well,
1: look who's sitting over there. It's the one and only John Arnold. Hi, yes, John. Yes, sir.
2: Uh, we had a phone meeting last, our last show. Yes. Uh, so I haven't seen you since your your time off. Yes. I uh, hope it was well
1: yes and it's and it's good to be back now let's cut uh, now that's on uh, right. okay no, i want you to yeah, explain the, are over, okay. the, right <laughs> yeah, i'm fine thanks okay happy holidays all right now. <laughs> <laughs> now let me cut to the chase what is that here's what i heard today do you agree or disagree with that the market did well because the fed's backing off of hiking up interest rates and what took place in china jimmy your analysis
2: Come on. That's yeah, what I one, heard. Listen, well, I'm glad you brought it up. 1,000%. I'm going to try to like, I'm going to try to like be normal and not be arrogant here, but <laughs> normal. <laughs> listen, what these people that are coming out of the woodwork, Jim Cramer, Morgan Stanley analyst, everybody and their brother that works for a big wire firm. Oh, this is the start of a bear market. You're going to have to pull your money out or be careful or this, this or that. And here I am, John Arnold telling people, you know what? No. Stay the course, we're gonna be okay. The fundamentals don't 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 read the same. Yes, there's gonna probably be a little bit of slowdown, but that doesn't say bear market. I mean that that means really regular market returns, which are seven to ten percent versus fourteen to twenty percent. So that's what I, I took it as, and that's what happened so far. It looks like we're on a V correction, yes, like you talked about. Uh that Fed chair says, hey, we look like we're at a neutral position. On interest rates, but even more importantly, our boy Trump once again came through, and he got the first chunk in the uh, the first uh, nick in the armor in China in getting them back down, and they released some tariffs on our our, uh, our cars, and we're at a standstill on tariffs to them and vice versa, and uh, we have a, a you know strong negotiations, and once again he got Europe to the table, uh, changed their, their you know the way they treat us. He he reconstructed NAFTA, and now look, he, he the third leg to fall, uh, the domino I should say is is China, and and he and he's getting there, and it, and I still don't understand. In the and I, I, listen, I you and I agree on one thing: the guy's bizarre, and he does sound like an ass when he talks on Twitter. Yes, but he's doing a But great he's job. getting the job done when it comes to put economics and protecting this country. Right, and uh, and that's that for me, and. Um, And sure enough, the market came roaring back. You know that damn thing has gone up 1,250 points on the Dow Jones in six trading days. I want you to think about that. In six trading days, it's gone over 1,000 points on the Dow Jones. Now, granted, the the Dow Jones is, uh, you know, 30 30 stocks, but it's still good. It's still somewhat of an indicator of where the market's going. But you think about that used to be done in a year. 1,200 points. We're in a year. Now does
1: that trouble you though? Remember, was it last week or something? You say <laughs> uh, 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 when you were getting some sleepless nights. John Arnold, do you know what John Arnold doesn't like? Up, uh, extreme ups and lows in the yes. markets. I mean, that would yes. drive you crazy. It, now, it, when you mentioned what you just mentioned, that ticked off my John Arnold. Doesn't does he like that or dislike that?
2: No, that was a great question. I dislike it, but it, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, you know, I, I I'm not a big fan of the. Ohio State's defensive coordinator, the way he runs things, but I guess what? He's probably here to stay, Greg shiano So my point is is because um, I always compare football to what we do because of strategies and, and the way you play defense and offense is the same way you manage money. Um, I think, you know, market volatility in supercomputers or and, and the, the volume of the trading, you know, with the Dow Jones at twenty six thousand versus eight thousand, that's gonna cost for a thousand twelve, you know, twelve hundred uh Swing in the market. So, um, I guess I guess my point is is uh, let this be a lesson to the investors that won the jump ship, jump off the crazy, you know, get on the crazy train. Oh, this is it. This is Armageddon. We're really nothing backing it other than the news hype media. Mm -hmm. And and did I I, I talk to you about on the radio at the show? And if not, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate. I wrote a letter to our clients. Oh, I'm going to say three and a half weeks ago. Long, you, you, detailed. Oh, let's say I want, pa- I want yeah, details. Four-page letter, letter. That you wrote uh, to your clients. I did. And it was more than just a market update letter. It was a sincere, here's a line in the sand um, letter to them.
1: Now, now talk about to our listeners, you know, people who didn't get the letter. Tell us about this four-page letter. Well, I wanted, I'm, I'm going Now to. I'm curious, and I, don't, I <laughs> want to know what you said.
2: It wasn't a nice letter. It wasn't a good letter. It wasn't a... It wasn't an evil letter. It was a firm, educational, this is how we're going to run things kind of letter. And you're either on the, you're either on the John Arnold train or you're not. And, he, and, and here's what basically it firmed up. I basically said in 2008, I made a lot of mistakes and I learned from them. In 2008, I, I, I was never in anything crazy invested, all right? I did lose a lot of money uh, like everybody else. But I, but I cemented in our clients' losses. And things that were extremely valuable, like Apple and uh, Visa and, and other really high quality investments that fell due to the market collapse, with was, was really was the same company. They were still high in cash flow. They were still great on their balance sheet. Of course, the earnings per share were down, but that was due to the economy. But they still produced a really good quality service or product that uh, either internationally or domestically or both it, it was going to be bought. I sold them based on my clients' fear. My clients calling me every, you know, every day, and rightfully so. We had AIG, General Motors, Lehman, you know, every uh, Morgan's or uh, excuse me, um, Merrill Lynch. did not mean to throw Morgan under the bus there. More Merrill Lynch going out of business, and you know, things that we never thought would be possible or right. happen So everybody's going crazy, all right. And uh, you know, the the news media, CNBC especially, which back then was really what you watched that wasn't really Bloomberg or, uh, or Fox uh, Fox business, um, were, were enticing things. You know, they were throwing gasoline in the fire. They were selling commercials. So they weren't helping me any. And instead of being a man, instead of like standing up and being ironclad and saying, you know what? You said you wanted to be aggressive. You said you wanted to take a risk. And this is sometimes what happens. I, I cowered and I sold. And I knew deep down in my heart that that was the wrong thing to do.
1: But you know why? This is in 2008.
2: This is in 2008. But you know why? do you know why i No I, no pause for a second. You
1: sold but why was that uh, the the wrong thing to do in a sense of you had stuff that was going on that was unprecedented.
2: Oh, uh, hear me out. Hear me out. Because we had we went way through stop losses, okay? We're we're already down 20%. Some of some of this stuff 25%. These people had money invested for their 10 years, 12 years down the fu- for the future. That wasn't that's not money they needed 3 years from now. You with me? Mhm. I could not justify in court if I was like, let's say it's me versus Beecher, so we're going to a jury trial, and I have closing argument. I could, I would, I would get slaughtered because I could not justify my reason for selling, other than my clients are scared, and that's that's not being a financial advisor, that's being a financial product salesman. And, and so, in, you know, along comes two thousand nine, <clears throat> all these companies, these high quality companies, and. Especially, we were in global, uh, DWS, Global Thematic, Hartford Capital Appreciation Fund. Just to name a few. uh, American Funds Capital Income Builder. American Funds Growth Fund. Fund. This is really before ETFs were really popular. So those are really high quality five-star mutual funds. Packed with a bunch of blue chips. Things that basically, if those went out of business, America's out of business. You with me? Mm -hmm. And of course they got killed. And... They came roaring back in 2009 and we got in, you know, we got in back in late. We got in, uh, the market started rallying around, actually the bottom was March 9th. And then we started getting, dipping our tone of water in May, fully invested in July. So not only did I, I cement their gain or their losses. And I said, we got in late cause everybody was scared to get in again. Right. And, uh, it was just something that I never forgot that I felt like looking back, even though I got into business in the end of 99, Ten years later, maybe call it nine years later, I was still an amateur in the fact that I sold against what I knew in my heart was wrong. I sold because I cowered to my clients' emotions. They were paying me to make decisions for them that they're not able to. All
1: right, two questions. Okay, well,
2: I'm going somewhere with that, but go ahead. Uh,
1: okay, so, well, hold that thought. Two, uh, two questions. Wouldn't, <laughs> it, wouldn't it, you? Couldn't you say, I should have sold sooner uh, before it went down so much? Yes.
2: And, I, and, and there, lies, there was my arrogance and my I guess, too, cockiness and the fact that I didn't realize what we had here. I didn't know that we had a true market disaster on our hands. you got to keep in mind, we had not seen something like this since the Great Depression.
1: All right, so are you saying that to me, uh, and you, you'll have to pick it up, mm-hmm. you, in retrospect, knowing what you know now, you wouldn't have sold any of
2: that? I would have not. Not in not, not one have, position. Okay, now I just want to get, clarify this. You would
1: have rode the market down. And right. keep writing it down, and you wouldn't have sold any of it.
2: Right. But if you're hearing what I'm saying, it's because the stuff we had was quality. Mm-hmm. It wasn't AIG. It wasn't Mer- Merrill. It wasn't anything that was going to get destroyed and never come back. Mm-hmm. That's what people forget. What you have, <laughs> here's the, let me give you an example. This is like an ADD moment. <laughs> for we, you we, or me.
1: For me. So <laughs> okay.
2: we have people buying Amazon, all right 1850, 1900. It goes to 2000. Everybody's happy. Two months later, it's 1500. Amazon's gone up 250 points in the past week. Think about that one stock. We're not about an index. And the reason why I didn't sell Amazon against of my clients want to sell Amazon is because there was no fundamental reason why we should. Same Amazon, same kick-ass results going in the retail season, going, or excuse me, holiday retail season. We're in the middle of Hanukkah right now. We're going into Christmas season. I guess my point is, is how could I look at my client and say, I'm a financial advisor Money manager, if I sold based on nothing. Which, so here's my point the underlying quality investment therein has not changed. The market has not maybe changed, but has anything in Amazon's model changed? And the answer is no. So my, I guess my point is relaying back to what you're saying, is, or back to my story is I, 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 sent my, I put that line in, in, in the sand basically saying, if you're going to force me to sell, Consider that my termination. I will resign from your your account if you're forcing me to sell based on your emotions. If you're forcing me to hurt you, this
1: is in this letter. You this wrote this is
2: in this letter, four-page letter. Yeah, because I broke down why my I broke down in that letter why my positions and in my in, in the model and my strategies are working and why I believe they're going to work. Not just hey hang in there. It was here's a in-depth reason. And why I think this
1: now is what's, what uh, brought you to write this letter in the first place?
2: Well, I initially wrote it two weeks before then, believe it or not. But I was it, it was just, this
1: when the market was going, yeah, up, and was down, going up, and up and down. Yeah, it
2: wasn't going up and down. It was going down. Right. It was just going. It was getting killed.
1: All right. So you, so you wrote this at a time when you hate those huge swings you talked about. Another right. okay. Well,
2: what was happening is we had people. And when you get
1: calls and sell right. and all. Okay.
2: When we when you get we get people every three days, texting me or writing me or. Or especially calling me, you know, and acting like I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. That was driving me crazy. It's like, what, what do you think I'm doing? Do you think I'm playing golf? Let's pretend I'm in Florida. you think I'm playing golf? No. You don't think I see a thousand point drop on the Dow in a week? No. Of course I know what's going on. So, but at the end, what drives me nuts, what was driving me nuts was when I have a meeting, I'm very, very um, not salesman-like. I'm very, matter of fact, I tell them about what I think is my strengths. I tell them what I think is my weaknesses, which I think is maybe you might, if you're looking for the like the Edward Jones guy or the insurance guy type to where I'm, you know, I'm sending you Christmas cards and asking about your kids' soccer game. I say, I'm not your guy. I tell them straight out, I'm, an, I'm a money manager. I care for beating or, or the SP 500. I care for doing these things. Blah, blah, blah. And if a relationship, a friendship develops, which it probably will, so be it. But it's not my concern. And that's not what my goal is. <clears throat> now, keep in mind, I'm, I, I lay it out. Very, very firmly. There's nothing about my personality that changes during that initial interview. you like, in a, when you're trying to sell something, you're usually the nicest guy in the world, like a first date. That's not who I am. I'm exactly who I am on the radio. And I tell him, this is what you can expect from me. One, sometimes I'll be wrong. And two, sometimes you're going to lose money. But the reason why I've been in business almost 20 years, is because most of the time I'm right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And most of the time my strategies are above average, but I can't guarantee that. So, Mr. and Mrs. Klein, here's what you expect. Now, people who literally just invested money with me six weeks prior to that market drop are dropping off the bridge. Oh, my God, what's going to happen here? I can't believe I'm this. I'm losing like, money, yeah. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. So you, I knew when I was 14 that the stock market goes up and down. I knew uh, at a very young age before I had any money that sometimes there's volatility in the market. We got people in their 50s and 60s going wild as if like, I said, I, I said, hey, here's a guaranteed CD, the 2%, and they're opening up their statement and saying, oh, we lost some money here. Like, it's a big surprise. That drives me nuts because I've, I couldn't lay it out more specific and detailed than what I, than what I tell them when they first come in. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I basically, in a very kind, friendly, and respectful way, basically said, this is what I'm doing. I'm coaching a team. You may own it. You're not, I'm not a Jerry Jones kind of guy. We're Jerry Jones co- owns a team, but he also tries to coach it, which is the reason why uh, the that, that Jimmy guy, uh, the former Miami Dolphins or, uh, uh, guy, left. But basically, the owner of the team lets the coach coach the team. Mm-hmm. I'm the coach. I'm calling the plays. If you get in my way, I'm resigning. That's it. And sure enough, here we are. Had I listened to those folks and been a coward and not done my job, And and manage money objectively. Just recently. I would have locked them into losses with no potential incline. And more importantly, the potential gains I think we're going to get from there. Mm -hmm. Think about how bad of a money manager I'd be if I had listened to them. So I guess that four-page letter basically broke down that, hey, this is where the the bear craps in the woods. Um, This is how we're going to run stuff. I'm doing this because, not because I'm trying to be a jerk or I think I'm a hard ass. It's because I legitimately care about you. The guy that, you know, if your neighbor's an electrician and he wires your house but, but not up to code, but you pay him 25% of what you normally would pay a licensed union electrician.
1: and the house burns.
2: and the house burns. Which, one, which guy do you want, right? You want the guy who's going to do things right.
1: Well, let me think. What do I get the house insured for? Just teasing. <laughs> <my> t-
2: <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, I, and, and all, In all seriousness, I'm the guy that's going to say, I'm going to turn down the business we're going to do things right because i'd rather not burn your house down. so that's me. i'm willing to hurt my client's feelings than hurt them for a lifetime with bad investment decisions. that's how much i care about them. i'm willing to lose their business.
1: don't most of them understand that though? but well i guess nah. i guess well, no yeah, because I would say, yeah. but there were still a lot of them calling me. 80, you.
2: 80 what, 90% of them
1: did. all right, what was the reaction to uh, that? I are you going to get there? i got to get so there. so
2: my my staff and i were like john, you send this letter, you know, there's going to there to be some pissed off people. I said, I know. And I want that because I want them to know what they're getting into with me. I don't want this to be a fluff letter. I need them to know that this is a serious business and I'm not going to be shaken by a market correction. And I people need them to know them up, that I'm going to care them. about them. Right. And we're going to do the things that we're going to show them how we care about them. And by you doing explained it. 08. Right. And I did. And I explained their positions in their portfolio and why I think they're going to work. And I said, call me. I literally said, call me a letter and tell me why these strategies wouldn't work. I, I laid it out in very common-sense terms, and no one called. But you know what? I was expecting, like, a little bit of bad feedback. I got email after email and call after call thanking me for that letter. They could not be more appreciative of that letter. Really? And that blew me away.
1: The first thing that just surprises me is anybody reads a four-page letter. That's just me, though. You know what? <laughs> I, I, when, I it's tried, mo- when, when it's money, I people try to read condense, it. Yeah. I
2: try to condense it, and that's... That's something that I think we've lost in uh, we've lost in humanity is the for, the art of writing a letter and the, and the care it takes. Like I oh what I was saying is I wrote that letter two weeks prior to sending it, and it kept coming out like, I basically would have said I was an ass. All right, but, what? Yeah, I mean, here's the reason because I I wrote it I I I would like I would get a phone call or a text from a client saying blah 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 you know angry at me, and I played Mr. Diplomacy on the phone. I'm not a jerk. I'm not going to chew him out on the phone. But I want to say, I'm going to write that letter. I'm going to tell him exactly how I feel. And I went back to my, you know, Dale Carnegie train and don't do that. And so I'd hold off. And I'd write the letter and say, man, if I'm an investor, I'm going to think this guy's a jerk. So I crumple it up. And I did that two, three, four times. And then You mean on the drafts of the letter. The drafts of the letter. So basically, (laughs) I wrote the final letter objectively saying, if I was a client, what would I want to hear to the gauge to where it's almost – where I'm bordering that, like that, 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 that jerk letter, that jerk sounding, but I mean business. And it, it lets them know that I care about them was warmer, And I wrote the that exact letter. I sent it to our PR lady. She, uh, she formatted into perfect grammar for us, et cetera, sent it out, got excellent results from it. And in the clients, like I said, I thought I was going to have like 10, 20%, like go screw yourself. None of that came Basically all of them said, thank you. I understand what you said. A lot of them said I could tell from this letter that you're angry and and but angry for the right reasons, et cetera. You know, just you know, we're with you for the long haul, etc. It was a, it turned out to be a a lemon lemonade from lemons type situation for me. Um but I was very proud of it. And we're writing a current letter right as we speak. Oh no,
1: not another one.
2: It's a much friendlier letter. <laughs> basically it's a t- oh, What is <laughs> this one? It's a it's basically Start would, with
1: the happy holidays, will yeah, yeah.
2: oh, okay. Except that I actually say Merry Christmas and mm-hmm. Happy Hanukkah. I don't go to happy holidays. And um, so I, I, uh, I, I lay it out and, 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 and telling them, because I mean this from the heart. This sounds like sales talk. I, I really, really am appreciative of our clients' business. Like, there's so, especially in Youngstown, there's a financial advisor on every, every corner. There's one of the, you know, there's a guy with an investment license and an insurance license. they calls an investment person, so, and they're not, but they're they're all around, and they're always bad, badgering you for business, and these folks choose me, and I think that's an honor. And uh, so I lay it out there, and I also wish them, a, uh, obviously, a, you know, a wonderful uh, holiday, whatever, one they celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah. And then I talk about the new year. I talk about what to expect, what things I see, their current strategies, Things on horizon. This and, isn't
1: the one you're gonna be sending out. Yeah,
2: and I, we we just got two more new staff people, new ones. introduced them, etc. Basically, it's a way for me to talk to six. Well, tell me
1: about this one now. now see, he he puts a he, <laughs> I don't know, puts the fishing line out there. And he reels he, he reels he reels me right back in. Now, okay, so I get the initial one. So what what were you saying in the one the the next one that you're sending? The current
2: out. one I'm talking about the conditions of the market. Yeah. Which are what? What are you saying? What I'm saying is it's excellent. For? Excellent conditions. For
1: 2019. The last quarter.
2: No, no. The the last quarter of 2018, the quarter we're in, uh, continuing to be the Santa Claus routing bullish that we talked about, I actually see it carrying over to 2019 because I think you're going to see all these excellent results from quarterlies uh, in 2019. Another thing that companies did was they sandbagged, and no one realized they were doing that. I do. And, and then by the way, I could be wrong about this. But these companies sandbagged. And what does that mean? So they were sandbagging. What does that mean? Basically, they're withholding the real results. When the real results come out, they're going to look like studs. So they're, they're, they're for, well, the reason why a lot of the technology companies, for, their, their stocks went down dramatically crippled is because they said, well, their this current quarter was excellent. exceeding expectations. But we see in the future... We see in the future that the, the, next, the next quarter or so is going to suck. Mm-hmm. All right? You with me? Yeah. So they're sandbagging because when the quarter actually does come up, and they said previously expect this, and they come out and overachieve, now they're going to look like champions, right? So they, all of them did that. And, and then granted, there's a slowdown to an extent. But believe me, when I mean, you'll see this past quarter with all the retail buying, iPhones, f- iPhones and tablets and all kinds of gimmicks and technology stuff flying off the shelves, they'll be roaring back. So, so I think I see 2019 uh, first second quarter really roaring. I see third quarter really hurting. I do. I think third quarter is going to be the start of a true what I think is going to be like we're taking the gas the the fed off the the foot off the gas pedal. Uh, the why do you
1: say that now? I, I'm just only, intrigued. I, t- I can tell
2: you. I think that you're gonna you'll see probably 20 percent of your real estate agents in the area probably switch over to new jobs. I think oh, in our community, yeah, just all over the nation. There's only so much real estate that can be bought. There's only so much real estate that can be sold. You're seeing, like the 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 Cindy Lawson Heisers and the Holy Riches and the Dennis Ganottises of the world. You can see even the best real estate agents in our community. You can see the gays starting to slow down to normal or, or elemental nowhere. There's only so much inventory to go around, and that applies to the nation. No matter how great of an agent you are, that's it. And you see that you'll see the same thing with. Uh, commercial stuff? Oh, hold
1: on, hold on. <laughs> How about this? the fire
2: fired up. I want to hear
1: more it's when we come back.
0: The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeart's Media. Securities and advisory services offered through InvestiCorp, member FINRA SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. All right, so then,
1: so in letter number two, as, as, as I'm listening to this, you, you say the third quarter of 2019, you're in. You're, think of how far off that is. 2019. Well, a you're, lot, you're, of, my, a lot well, of my. I mean, you know, how are you, you're saying you think there could be a slowdown.
2: When how I do say you say slowdown? I don't mean a bear market. I don't mean. Well, what oh, do you mean? John Arnold said, get out of the market. I don't mean that at all. What I mean is, is we've been in like a super economy for the past four years, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We've been in a bull market for since 2009. There's only so, there's only so many things you're going to buy. Though sometimes the buyers are bought out. There's only so many homes and buildings and, and, and widgets and, and, new, and uh, additions you're going to put on your house. There's only so much out there that money can buy. Once the money's bought it, they're not going to go and replace it a year later. That's it. Now it's going to come back down to equilibrium to where it's a normal economy, where you're design—it's the the market destined to make eight to ten percent, and it might take a slowdown to get us. Oh, there. I get what
1: you're saying. Okay, so yeah. it'll still be—it'll be back to normal, if, exactly. if you will.
2: You might see GDP start to reverse out of like record GDP and become a normal GDP, is
1: my point. And you're not concerned. Uh, see, I find this intriguing. I'm going to—I got to tell you, folks. John Arnold's here. On the Investing Show, News Radio five seventy WQBN. I am really personally concerned about the Democrats taking control in January and what can happen to the economy.
2: Do you, uh, uh, tell me why our equilibrium is, that, is the President and the Senate. Mm-hmm. That's our equilibrium. But yeah, if they if they had had that blue wave that they talked about was coming, which did not which did not happen. By the way, just for you listeners out there, so no, that isn't a concern right now to you. No, it's not. I mean, they're going to try. What what I you know what I what's going to be concerning is um, I think you're going to have some nutcases out there try to try for impeachment, and I think that's going to tangle up some time and energy on things that shouldn't be tangled up in, and I think that uh, our focus should be on moving ahead as a country, and that that's my concern. But as far as like taking economic policy down that that's got us as far, I think they're going to have a hard time taking that down because of the Senate. And Trump, and then you also got the executive order thing. And Obama used it a million times, and I see Trump being more powerful than him, and he'll use it more than he did. So I don't have that worry. Well, here's a here's a political thing that I do worry about. I, I've always talked about this on the show. I can't prove this. I do think that they're going to try to smear Trump economically right before 2020 because that's the only way you're going to beat that guy. At the end of the day, people tell you what they want to tell you, out in public, oh, I hate that Trump or this or that. That son of a gun, blah, blah blah blah. They get behind the voting, the the curtain, when no one knows who they're voting for. Are they really going to vote against their own family's paycheck?
1: Uh, You'd no. be an idiot.
2: They can say whatever they want to their people, their their, their folks at the country club or whatever they're into, and they're, or at the liberal arts museum, whatever they're doing. All right, but at the end of the day, it's going to be hard to vote against your own grocery grocery bill. Many mm-hmm. I mean, have mouse to feed. So. The way you're gonna beat Trump is to economically hurt him. Where where whoever whatever weakling they put up against him in two thousand twenty, where they say, Well look what you did at the economy, you had you know inherited this economy and now you sunk it. That's how you're gonna beat the guy, because if you don't do that, Trump's gonna win a landslide again.
1: John Arnold's here, News Radio 570 WKBN. Talk a little bit about uh on a local local economic level, with uh, uh let's see, General Motors closing in March, there's subpay for a year on a local level if if i could get you to localize what do you think's going to happen economically to our community if they close general motors and it stays closed
2: um, you know i was i was unsure if we should bring this up tonight and show what you have because it's going to sound very when
1: you're coming here everything's going well, to it's,
2: <laughs> it's disastrous i think
1: mm-hmm.
2: um i don't th- see i grew up in a gm family i got a ton of clients from general motors i understand that I think about like when I was a kid. If my dad was losing his job at say in his mid forties, like a lot of these folks are doing, or even in his early fifties, okay, and if he's losing his job and he's the breadwinner, wh- where are these guys going to go for thirty five bucks an hour plus full benefits?
1: Some of well, let me ask you. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Uh, some of these guys, uh, le- let's say it closes, some of them will transfer and be, you know, you got a bunch of plants closing, but, that, but some of them help will our area. No, but I mean, some of them will transfer. Right. It helps them, and they will be able to leave here and be, continue to make a living. Right. Uh, some of them might be have enough years in to retire, and some of them are just going to lose their homes uh, and find another job that probably pays substantially less.
2: And there lies the answer to your question. There is so much, I, and I have not got to an economist or a figure, a factor figure of how this works. But no, but you've <clears> watched
1: <throat> these pe- people for years. The economy locally. No, no, no I,
2: I'm going somewhere with this. I don't know the number of what effect each job has to the local economy, meaning that for one, for every GM job, maybe four jobs are lost elsewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like surrounding restaurants, surrounding this surrounding, I'm just making it up. Maybe I don't even know there's such a thing anymore. Distribute your capital. The
1: ripple like effect. Yeah. yeah. So,
2: uh, my, my point is, is how, what the ripple effect is, is going to be in addition to that, it's going to be the attitude, the attitude of the, the, of the, uh, of the area is going to be hurt just even more. And
1: uh, are, you now, know, the- can you talk about that? Because see, I think that's real, really perceptive. Someone was telling me that the very announcement of that closing has a tendency. Would you agree with this or not to tighten up everybody's spending? It's already happening. I, I mean, right. It hasn't closed. It's not going to close till March. And as I said, a lot of these guys have subpay for a year and this kind of stuff, but it's like just that talk. Uh, 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 I mean, people react to that because that's a bombshell. I think on our town.
2: I don't know why it's even a discussion. If you Feeling know the truth, it's 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 more than a bombshell. It's that's huge. About yeah. a atomic bomb. Yeah. Um That that's I told I said this on last week's show. That was the single worst day of my business career. Saddest news ever heard. Because I, and then listen, I and I, you I don't have want a to, lot of
1: clients from there too. <laughs> right, a lot
2: of clients. But um like I said, I grew up in a GM family. That particular that plant and my dad you know, provided my, my sisters and brother and I a decent life. And there's a lot of guys, families just like that out there. They're going to, you know, this isn't going to be the best Christmas ever for them. You know what I mean? This, they're going to, you're right. What's going to happen is like what happened in the steel mill days when they got hurt is everybody tighten their purse strings and local commerce is going to hurt the people that had potential of, of building or buying a new home or a bigger home or doing this or that, or u- upgrading, uh, on a new car, et cetera. Or their they current property changed, values. <laughs> yeah, they probably have changed their tune. And that's that's a huge ripple effect.
1: Now, and, and now I want to shift to the other perspective of that. Okay, so that's locally. When you look at General Motors as a company or a business, talk a little bit uh, uh, about that. I mean, obviously, now I, I I don't want to talk from a guy from a GM standpoint, but they were producing a product out there that wasn't uh, in demand right now. Talk a little bit about uh, we'll Mary Barra and closing some of these plants and GM.
2: You know, you set me up two. because you know how pissed I am. I know, I know, you, you I know, it's like kicking the this pit bull. This is my four page letter. <laughs> you. You're kicking the pit bull in the ribs, yeah, right? Yeah, I think she's an. Uh, you know what I want to tell her? I think she's an ass. Why? And I think that she's ruthless. And here, she's here, got
1: she's got a company no, to no, run. No. She can't keep a plan open.
2: Here, there's a reason why I'm saying that. Okay. If they, if it was like the steel mills where they were just shutting down, shutting down, I would give Mary a pass. If the, if the stock market, excuse me, if the, 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 the taxpayers of this country didn't bail their ass out, I would give her a pass. But the truth is, she's closing that plant down and making vehicles in another country. Therefore, but, she doesn't get a pass.
1: Yeah, but uh, I don't do. But a lot of those vehicles stay in that country. I don't know. All right, But sh- so sh- so you're saying uh, why don't you no, close Mexico and China share, down?
2: No, so Sierras, uh, the the truck I drive the Silverados are made in Mexico. Uh-huh. How many Mexicans are buying Silverados? My Silverados are fifty thousand dollars Silverado. It's an LTZ model. How many of those guys? How many of those people are are going to buy that truck? The answer to that zero. You know how many Americans can buy that? Millions. That's it's I, I every time I answer a question with that it's going to be objective analysis. At the end of the day, Americans are buying, Americans have to buy, are the only ones that can afford in, qu- in mass quantity to buy those type of vehicles. And they're crapping on the American public. Now, do I think that, do I think that she made a business move that had to be made? Uh, yes. Do I think she should have made a, maybe, got maybe an alternative plan to where we're going to make another type of vehicle out there? Instead of shipping it down to Mexico because we bailed her out, I do. I do. Only, And I wouldn't, I, as a business person, and you know how strong right I am, as a business person, I do understand the fundamentals of, of simple economics, supply and demand. demand. The demand isn't there. The payroll outweighs the supply and demand cost, or profit. At the end of the day, we gotta, we got to stop producing the crews out there, and that's the end of it. However, we, are, we do have other vehicles out there. you with me? And if they're being produced in other countries, then if it costs you whatever it costs you, get them back here because you wouldn't have a business GM if it wasn't for the taxpayer. That's how I feel, and uh, and 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 it's it's a classic uh, big corporate thing that that I can't stand. And 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 I could be a buy. My dad gets that retirement check every month, and uh, I have so many guys out there that work for GM. I'm always going to take their side. That's the truth. I'm biased. That's the truth. Yeah, I think it's going to be disastrous for this. And if they weren't building another vehicle in another country, I give them a pass. But they Do are. you think? Uh, <clears throat> uh, talk I about like added to that, if I could.
1: Yes, sir. John Arnold so here's here. Here's what
2: drives me crazy about my fellow GM guys. So Morris Ray is a very close friend of mine who retired from GM. What I don't understand is how they cannot, like you talked on your show, how they cannot love Trump. And they were, let me tell you why. If they are already shipping a vehicle down to Mexico to build it, all right. Even after NAFTA. Trump's the only guy that went after and rebuilt NAFTA so it was more fair to the American public.
1: And China's been stealing patents and he's, stuff. He's and dealing with that now. He's
2: the only other he's the only guy fighting China. Nobody How nobody in the would world do anything, yeah. Do you not give Donald Trump your vote if you're a GM guy? Right. He's the only one to call that Mary on the carpet publicly. Right. Basically told her you gotta get your ass in line or we're gonna hand it to you. And he said that right. in his own Trump way. You think Barack Obama would have done that? No, no, no. I, I don't mean, think anyone really would have done that. sorry for those that. people, and uh, oh well, you know, let's, we're going to see what we can do, and we're with you, workers. That the that and fifty cents doesn't give you a cup of coffee. What is
1: your? Uh, do you think from a just from what, you know what you do for a living? What you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think the pressure, the words, and the pressure from Trump? And I see uh, Portman and Sherrod Brown are going to be meeting her, Mary Barra, on Wednesday. Do you think politically, since the plan isn't closed, they're just idling it, do you think that stuff can accomplish anything?
2: I do because behind the scenes, Mary's going to say, i got a business to run. I'm the CEO. At the end of the day, we're a capitalist society. We're a supply and demand company, and my job is to get the shareholder price up, period. And there's no law that says I have to do anything else. Shared, excuse me, Mr. Brown and Mr. Portman are going to go in and they're going to put their, their hat in hand and say, and they're going to show their cards and say, what does it take for us to get your business back here? What's it take for you to build? I'm using up, I'm using just, it's called it an equinox, all right? I don't know what it is, all right? What's it take for us to build that here? What's it take? And if we can get that done, can I get that here and get you to, to stay here at least 10 more years in writing? That's what's going to take. You could have all the signs and the prayers and the vigils all you want. At the end of the day, that isn't going to bring us back. You know what's going to bring it back? A bottom line result. If you, say, if you shake her up and say, if you don't do this, this, and this, we are going to now boycott you. Or we're going to get— what going Isn't that yourself. Trump strategy? It is. And then, but at the end of the day, both sides want to come to a, a Stephen Covey win-win, right? At the end of the day, Mary wants to win and, and, and save face. And and keep and, and make profit where it needs to be, and we as an area want to keep our men and women employed here. If, and the only way to do that is to give give and take at both places. If we can give her to give a little bit, and we give a lot, that to me is a win. I just want to keep our our men and women employed there. I do. It's going to be disastrous at, at that, and we got to do. If it stays we closed, and the politics aside, RDS and Is, you know, between Mister Brown and Mister Portman and, and, and some, some heavy leverage, and, and, and Mr. Ryan, and some heavy leverage from Donald Trump, President Trump, I think we can put some pressure on her to say, what's it take for you to get a, get a car back up on these plans?
1: And, and it's, it appears to me, like you know like you said, if Brown and Portman meet her on Wednesday and say, what can we do and, uh, as a community and all that kind of stuff, that's all well and good. Where Trump's philosophy is, here's what I'm going to do to you, now you did that. I mean, Oh, he, a, blame
2: me, he, he's, uh, uh, he's the guy you don't want coming
1: after. You know, we have, we have tariffs that are, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We have tariffs, and this is what we're going to do. So do you think, if I ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. how, how where, where do you rank that effort on succeeding? 7. That's, oh, that's really oh, here's good.
2: Here's the reason, because we have President Trump in our back pocket. 7. If and, it was just Mr. Brown and Mr. Portman, I'd say it's a 1. <laughs> that's the truth And it's not because those Listen, those guys Tim Ryan, Tr- Brown, Trump knows how to Brown, Senator do it. Portman Those guys don't have a magic wand mm-hmm. You know who has a magic wand? Donald Trump mm-hmm. And he walks with a big one mm-hmm. So that's the guy And I guarantee you, behind closed doors Mary's saying to her executive team and the shareholders We don't want this guy screwing with us We gotta do something to make him happy And to appease him And then Sherrod and, 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 and Portman can get the and can get the credit, whatever it takes. But at the end of the day, if it wasn't for President Trump with his big stick and the way he does things, I'd say we're to one because there's only so much a senator can do, and a congressman. What's he gonna do, Matt? Nothing. Really, nothing. That's the truth. Now Donald Trump can bring some pain.
1: And he's and, he and he's pretty well publicly said that. Then
2: oh, he said it, he will. But, let me tell you why the pain's gonna come. He doesn't want to lose us area's votes. The the, the 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 he didn't win Mahoning County, but Ohio, he yeah, yeah. He he wants to say. In 2020, I did this, this, and this. He's going to do what it takes again. Do
1: you it think out. he'll make be doing that same effort on the other closed plants as well? Though. I
2: do, I do, especially the blue states. Yes, I do.
1: You know, one of the things you said that I that I got to tell you, folks, I totally agree with it. Uh, I totally agree with him on. Is I don't think anyone, Democrat or Republican would be doing what he's doing. He's on, got, no. you know, he he's got him, and you know what I mean because he's playing the same game with China. He's doing the same thing with them. Well, you know, we'll cut back on this. He goes in throwing everything at him and then he scales back to get what he wants. Let me you tell know, you the, what's uh, not- the art of the deal with him. Well, he's doing the same thing with General
2: Motors right now. Let me tell you what's not gonna work. Yeah. Saying you're gonna strike or saying things like we're the us workers, we're gonna stick together, we're gonna band together, we're tired of being floor mats. Listen, you have zero leverage and zero power right now. That is not the card you're gonna play. The card you're going to play is what concessions can we give, give you to where it's mathematically possible for you to put a vehicle here. That's your play. That's your only play. Or the other play is going to be unemployment. That, that, that's, the op, that's the card you have. And I wish those folks would tell somebody that the leader's there to say, Hey, listen, our play is not striking and being, you know, being mean and negative to these folks. Because right now, they hold all the cards and the puppet strings. Uh-huh. Whether that's fair or not, at least get a contract and at least get a, a car here first before you start talking stupid. But right now we have no leverage, and that drives me crazy. Like I just look, I watched Channel Twenty Seven last night, interviewing some of those workers. And I was thinking, well, what are these people thinking, man? They don't have any leverage or power. Like, no, you can't be talking like this right now.
1: You gotta be uh, taking. A, I'm glad to hear you say that. You gotta be taking a positive. You gotta be talking good about Portman and Democrats and Republicans have to be working together in a in a team effort, mm-hmm. not knocking Trump, working with Trump. Just as those workers can't be knocking General Motors, because here's the reality: they want to continue working for General Motors.
2: Yes, they do. It's you know, a hell you, hell of does you paycheck? no good to
1: say, "Hey, to hell, hell with the them; efforts. they're lousy and everything." But I hope they reopen so I can have my job. That makes no yeah, sense. No,
2: yeah, it's, it's like punching the guy that, in the mouth that's feeding you. It doesn't make sense. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Right now is the time to play nice, or at least play political nice. Get him in here, and then start swinging.
1: Right, and that and that retooling or reopening that could, I mean, it would be a victory if it happens a year from now. Even exactly. I mean, just as long as just it's something the on the hor- horizon. Like
2: you talked about, we need to get the area of hope again. And right now, they took the wind out of our sails. They did. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when that came out, I, I I I rescinded on my on my 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 offer on a huge purchase. All right, and it took the wind out of my sails. It broke my heart. And uh, if I know if I was feeling that. Folks are just looking to put food on the table. Are really feeling that? So, right, that's that.
1: Okay, now let's get in an argument. I was thrilled.
2: <laughs> I, Oil I, I
1: prices. Go! Oh! Oh, Come on, with, with you, you leave yeah. it? this isn't like Jeopardy. I got I got a right to ask the question before yeah. you predict it. I mean, I it was a buck ninety nine up here today.
2: You're wearing your Austin Town Lawn Service. This sure. a, a,
1: a buck ninety. Look at me, a buck ninety nine. Okay, that's fit. Listen to me, right. financial guy. You're paying a buck fifty for the gas because fifty cents is tax and uh, federal and state. So two dollars. Think of all the extra money that puts in people's pockets and everything. It, it, oh, he, he drives. Oh, okay, here we go. This drives me crazy when he does it. Go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. I didn't want to. let I'm you I'm loving
1: two... T- when I left last time, I talked to you in your honor. When I left Stadium GM. I filled up at two oh eight right yeah, up no, at right that speedway. Trees,
2: cheapest gas in the world,
1: right? I filled it up in your speedway. honor.
2: Speedway,
1: yes. Yep. Then uh, 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 last night when uh, at the Shell over here, I think it was two oh six or something. And today it's a ninety nine. I am loving this, and I know John Arnold. I, uh, when I am at the pump, I am smiling because I know John Arnold. I am loving it, and John Arnold's thinking, but this can be bad for the economy.
2: Yeah, there is oh, no margin get, on profit there.
1: Listen to the philosophy here.
2: You, you, uh, you, listen, you are. You're short-sighting this. You're, you're, and I, listen, if you think when I'm filling up and I see it's $30 less to for a fill-up than it was a half year ago, you don't think I'm smiling all the way to the bank? Yes, I am. But you, know, but, but you know what I'm not? When I go to the office and say, man, that's an oil guy or a fitter or somebody that I'm crippling their income that might make one hundred twenty grand a year, they could potentially be someone's client, including mine. I think I'd be willing to lose that battle to win the war. I really would. I'll cut. Out. I'll cut budget from something else to, to to fill up higher on gas. I will. I know that's a weird pair. That's a oh that's he drives he drives me crazy I with know, this. I know. Hey, at the end of the day, I think right now you're a winner because people are smiling and they have more money in their and pocket and their
1: businesses that benefit from it. Think of like the airlines and mm-hmm. all these things. There's
2: so much money in the oil and gas industry. Okay, can you explain? Go
1: ahead. <laughs> just, Go ahead. I just, I will, but I, I, I am, I, <laughs> folks, I'm to tell you, not wait to bring that up, but I saved it till the yeah. end at Casey really, right. was, right. Can you explain why, why is it so cheap? Yeah. Uh, the, the, I mean, I know a barrel of oil is down down in price. What's going on with it?
2: Something about oversupplying the market, and uh, I think they're doing away with OPEC, or OPEC's in danger of falling apart. I, I, I have, honestly, I've had so much other stuff. To worry about. I don't have a lot of reading on it. That's the truth. All I know is people are you are happy, and the people that work for those people are very unhappy at the end of the day. And it comes down to supply and demand, like any commodity. Right now, the oil oversupplied is going to bring down commodity prices.
1: Do you know where, do you know, John Arnold? Do you know, uh, and we'll get to how you get a hold of John Arnold here. He's on a roll tonight. <laughs> Four page letter followed by this. Do you know what is, go- what is going up is natural gas? Because we've got such, we went from yeah. spring, summer into a very cold winter, and we have all these um, electric generating plants that have turned over to using natural gas. Have you looked at that? You look yes. at that. That's yes. that. I mean, that's of concern to me because I am.
2: Farmers Almanac says we have a, a terrible winter coming, mm-hmm. as far as cold tundra cold coming. Yeah. So yeah, I agree yeah, I agree
1: with that. I'm looking at we were like 10 or 15 degrees below normal for for a month now. And there's no no you know, we get a 60 degree day and all that kind of stuff. Those of us that stay here for the winter but uh <laughs> little dig,
2: little go ahead. <laughs> you'll be happy to know there's a couple fifty five degree days in Florida when I was on there for Thanksgiving. There's sometimes I
1: really enjoy this folks I got to tell you that was that one felt really good uh, uh but what I'm saying to you is uh, natural gas prices are going to go up do you Do you look at that from an investment standpoint and start thinking about investing in that arena
2: yeah i've I've actually been in that particular. ETF. I, I'm not knowledgeable enough on individual commodities. Plus I think they're too risky of a play, uh, the Chicago mercantile, but as far as a, as far as an ETF goes, yeah, I think that's, that's a, that's a serious play on the MCF. So, um, I think about that all the time. Now to tell you the truth, I don't, I don't go on anything speculative my, Oh, that's something I want to talk about next show. So I've done a lot of research. I put together a, another letter. All right, <laughs> really? but it's a recommendation letter. I'm just oh, waiting. Okay. I'm waiting for it to be approved by compliance right now, and it's it's two year. five to eight Canadian stocks that I've done research on that I'm sending out because I've been bombarded with Are we getting the marijuana stocks? We're we getting the marijuana stocks, and thank God I didn't list our clients because they just went down fifty percent in the te- the past two weeks. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, they drove me nuts with that, and I said, Finally, you know they they have a point." Um, my point in initializing that conversation was. I don't invest in fad things, and I don't invest in things that are unproven. Talking about natural gas right now with well, a maybe is unproven. I have to go with what I know, and what I know is generating above-average returns is what we're in. So there'll be a time and place where I get into natural gas. I just like to see it turn the corner and see, see where the price is. But
1: for is. your current clients, you're saying you're putting out another letter with well, how many recommendations?
2: Five to seven Canadian marijuana stocks. Oh, Canadian uh, marijuana. And because it's eventually going to come here. And and if you'd have bought those right out of the gate, you'd have made two, 300% of your money. It's just an extremely risky thing that I don't, I've never, I know I'm. this is a good or bad thing. I've never, I've never even tried a cigarette, let alone mm-hmm. marijuana. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, let's
1: keep it that way.
2: Right. And I don't know what the benefits are, but I know there's some benefits medicinally anyway. And with and with Canada, turn it over to uh, recreational. S- recreational. It's a double whammy. Sales so there's are definitely huge. a positive upside for it. I just don't know enough about it. I don't know who's going to be leading racehorse. So I've done some research, and I'm going to say, here's five to seven ones that I've done my research on. You, Mr. and Mrs. Client, you pick three or four, and I'll get them for you. Just know you're going into some ridiculous risk. Mm-hmm. So we got that prepared.
1: All right. Uh, what a day. What a day. Monday night, 6 o'clock. Every Monday, 6 o'clock, he ventures down here. He's the one and only John Arnold. How do we find you? How do we get a hold of you? John Arnold is a money manager. In other words, when you uh, go with him, he will he can buy and sell. You, you explain up front, you know, without calling you, you move money around. You're an active money manager.
2: We are. We're an active money manager. We're discretionary authority only, which means, allows me to make time and price uh, for you. We're also a fiduciary. For a free consultation, you can call us at 330-965-9890. Uh, again, 330-965-9890. You can read a little bit about us at www.jarnowelt.com, www.jarnowelt.com. And again, we always offer free, no-pressure consultations.
1: Right. His office is located right in Canfield, not far from the intersection of uh, 224 and Lockwood Boulevard. There's a plaza back in there that has the poorhouse restaurant. And if you drive up the hill, there's like the Cleveland Clinic place, and then there's John Arnold's office. At uh, the top of the hill up there where so he's he's right there at the tip of Boardman in Canfield. Correct.
2: Thank thanks, you. Great show. Uh, Thank you for your time. All right.